Jen mentioned, we have a little bit of a of a different Sunday. First off, I would love we're gonna we're gonna start a little bit of. Um, and not assembly line, that's not the right image, but um, I'll invite uh, Lara if you'd be up for helping us with some cake. And then if uh, we have cake, we don't have, we didn't have uh, donuts in the center here, but if anybody would like cake, now is the time we're gonna create a very like loose feel. You can feel free to get up and make your way down here. There's plenty of space up here. So if, you, if, if people wanna line up, everybody help yourselves to cake, I promise. You can get up, yes, that's right. You can get up and you can get cake. So help yourselves, go for it. It's I really, I mean it. You can stand up. Don't be afraid. You can get cake. If you, yay, we're getting cake. Isn't that awesome? Yay. All right. <laughs> it always takes a little bit, right? You know, like we're in this setting where that's like formal. It's like, I'm not supposed to stand up. There's somebody up there on a microphone. But I encourage you, we insist that you stand up. Just make sure you save some for the kids' church uh, kids because they will, they will be disappointed if they come back and there's no cake. I've promised cake to my children. So... Um, yeah, we can't mess that part up. Um, I want to say thank you to several people. I want to say uh, thank you to uh, our, our usual volunteers who showed up this morning, amazing folks who helped uh, make sure that we turn the Davis Theater into uh, Brownline Church. Uh, I particularly want to say thank you to, they're not in the room right now because they're helping out, uh, Ben Prudek and Courtney Smola, who have jumped in last minute because we had some sickness. They jumped in to help make sure that today works. Yay, Ben and Courtney, they are awesome. And then we also want to say thanks to Beth and Trey Fratt, who are the reason that we have cake this morning. Yay, Fratts. Thanks, y'all. Uh, yeah, so we're, uh, as you're grabbing cake, um, what I thought I would do is I would give a quick, like, we're celebrating 10 years. So I'm going to put uh, some pictures up on the screen here for you uh, as we look back. A little bit of a timeline. Uh, so uh, that first, these first two photos in the far uh, upper left are from our first ever service in 2013 in the basement at the house on Bernard Street. Uh, and there are a handful of people who are still around that might be in that picture where you see the backs of their heads. Look at me up there like preparing for a message. That's the first message I ever officially gave at Brownland Church. Look how far forward on my forehead my hair goes. Isn't that amazing? And now it's back here and yeah, okay. So that's what happens. Um, and then uh, some more pictures from 2013. These are pictures of the, the old Davis Theater. Before it looked nice like this, Oh, ladies and gentlemen, who remembers the old Davis Theater from Brownline Church? Woo! Yeah, there's a few of us, right? Boy, was it awesome. Um, and <laughs> no, it had a charm. It, it felt like going to church at a dive bar, which has its own, you know, specialness to it. So, uh, so that's, uh, that, those are some pictures from 2013. I just want to point out the awesome production value. If you take a look, it's hard to see that picture at the top. You probably can't see it. But um, that, that's like somebody's up front. The, that's our old friend Amy who's, who's speaking there. there. Our projector is on a on a box, like a box that like styrofoam cups came in. I mean, is that not, you know, beautiful right there? That's how, that's how we do things at Brownline Church. So we've stepped up our production value a little bit. We don't put things on top of cardboard boxes anymore. Um, I'm pleased to say. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here? I gotta turn. Um, I'm gonna take this off the, 
off the stand here. Um, so we, oh yeah, in 2016, we uh, met at the community center in Wells Park while the Davis Theater got a big renovation. I think uh, several folks who are here with us met us while we were at Wells Park, so that's really cool. Yeah, that's right, Culver's, that's right. Uh, and Wells Park was a great home. I couldn't find any pictures of our, uh, our meeting at Wells Park, so that's a bummer. We'll have to fish out some of those. Uh, but I do have a picture from Easter that year, which we did at Beguile Brewery, and we did a big potluck brunch at Beguile, uh, and it was really, really fun. I, that's just like kind of a highlight from Brown Line's history. Uh, so I have a picture from that. And then, um, oh yes, okay, so in lieu of having a picture of Wells Park, I have a picture here of the new, of the bathrooms here at the Davis Theater, because this has a funny story attached to it. So when we were at Wells Park, and we'd been meeting there for a year, and the Davis Theater was getting its big renovation, and they were almost done, they let us come in and take some pictures to show to everybody what this looked like, because it did not look like all of this before. Uh, and uh, and so we come to our service at Wells Park, and historically, we had met at the old Davis Theater and Wells Park, and both places just had the grossest bathrooms known to mankind. And so I'm sorry to say, but it, that's just the, the way it was. And so we showed a bunch of pictures, and it was like a picture of this room, this theater, a picture of the theater over there, like, oh wow, doesn't this look so great? And then we showed a picture of the bathrooms, and there was applause in the service. It was, it was like, oh great, thanks for taking us back to this nice place, but what we care about is that right there, those beautiful bathrooms. Um, we have some pictures from, uh, oh, a picture here from uh, our largest fundraising effort ever, the Brown Line Ball, which we hosted here at uh, the, uh, the restaurant next door. That was really fun in 2018. Uh, we have uh, one of my favorite pictures that we ever took uh, was after uh, hosting one of our, our events for uh, kids in the neighborhood. We did uh, the Easter Bunny, photos with the Easter Bunny here at the theater, brought to you by Brown Line Church. And, uh, and Ben, who was in the Easter Bunny costume, and I staged a, you know, a tired pastor in Easter Bunny after photos with a beer, and uh, that was really funny. We, we, we enjoyed that picture. Um, we, uh, continuing on, uh, oh, at the end of uh, 2019, we began conversations about leaving our affiliation with Vineyard Churches so we could be more explicit about our value for LGBTQ inclusion, and so that sort of took up that story as we make the turn to this last stretch of our timeline. Uh, of course, in 2020, we suddenly were doing church on Zoom, as uh, many of you will remember, and that was wild. Here's a picture of me uh, not well, terribly well kept and with a not beautiful background because that was the first service we ever did uh, on Zoom. And suddenly you needed nice backgrounds, right? Like you needed to show off the books that you read behind your Zoom screen. I wasn't there yet. I eventually got there. Now, if you look at the books behind me on Zoom, oh man, you're so impressed. You think I'm so smart. Uh, and then uh, as we moved uh, through the, these last uh, few years, we thanked Kyle, my co-pastor, uh, who started the church with us uh, for his service. And that time we welcomed Haley, who joined staff in 2022. We, uh, we became a hybrid church. And so you see me and L'Oreal, our intern at the time, trying to figure out, oh yeah, we've got a lot of new equipment. How do we do this? And so we figured all that out. And then finally, we have a picture from earlier this year where uh, one of our picnics uh, in the park uh, over at, uh, was that at Wells Park, I think, outside Wells Park Community Center. And, uh, and so that kind of brings us through. So a fun little retrospective, yeah? Uh, in, in, uh, in all seriousness, um, so this church began with the conviction that with a focus on the person and the teachings of Jesus and with a healthy sense of humor and humility, we could create spiritual community for people who feel mostly at home in culturally secular or progressive settings, something we say 
every single week here, rather than more religious or monocultural settings where everyone believes the same things. People who nonetheless have learned from their lives that they need help that they cannot give themselves from other people, from God, and we wanted to be the space that could receive those folks that couldn't feel at home in other churches and say, we can be a spiritual community together. We have changed, we have matured, we have course corrected along the way, but the core of that is still with us, and we repeat that line every Sunday. You're probably sick of it. And it's gifted us, though, with this community that is so... It, we, I, I'm not sure I'm aware of another religious community that is as diverse in terms of religious experience and background as we are. Churches tend to attract people who like grew up in that denomination or grew up in that style of church or grew up in that sort of culture of community. But we have people that come from drastically different experiences of community, uh, faith community and no faith community, who have come together because in some way the net that we're throwing out there makes sense to folks. We center the common experience of everyday modern city dwellers who feel like they're both a believer and a skeptic at the same time. We don't reward insider church privilege, whether that's like high church privilege, like you grew up going to a mainline Protestant church or a Catholic church, or low church privilege, like you grew up going to an evangelical church. We don't reward you for like knowing the lingo or having the inside track to the way these things work. We just try to center everyday human beings who are looking for help outside of themselves. And that has meant that we have not always been the best option as a church for people with a lot of church credentials. But what it has meant is that we have a track record for providing thoughtful, healing, and intelligent ministry to folks who wouldn't necessarily be going to another church if it wasn't for ours. And for that, I am extremely proud. So here is to 10 years of that kind of ministry. All right, besides uh, cake, um, I, as, as, uh, as Jen mentioned, we, uh, we're also doing something a little different today because today is our annual business meeting. Once a year we do this where we interrupt our services. Instead of a message, we uh, do an update on the financial and business side of how Brownline is doing. If you are new or newer with us while you're joining, we wanted to flag that, that this will be different. But honestly, it can give a pretty good picture of a church to like see how they do family meetings. So we don't mind. Welcome, everybody. We're so glad you're here. Uh, everyone's invited to listen in or participate or not. Uh, we don't have traditional membership uh, where we ask people to read a statement of faith and agree, like sign on the dotted line that they agreed to that. Uh, we do not uh, conceive of how people are connected uh, to this church that way. Instead, we have stakeholders, which is something everyone chooses to self-identify or not. We will get a chance to do that as we do it every year. Even I have to re-up that I self-identify as a stakeholder in Brownline Church. Um, so we'll get to do that later in this service. And again, you can feel free to participate in that or not. It's no problem if you don't want to do that. Uh, let me, uh, what we're going to do here is we're going to get some general updates from me, um, and I'll also invite Christina Culver to join me up here. Come on up, Christina. And uh, after we give some general updates, we'll do some question and response, if anybody has any. You can throw some in the chat if that's an easy way to do it, or you can just shout it out when we're at that point. That's fine with us. Uh, then we will say some uh, thank yous to departing board members who are ending their service on our financial board today. And then we'll pass out some cards and pens for everybody if you would like 
to declare as a stakeholder in our church and to conduct some business today, which is ratifying our new board members. Uh, and then afterwards, we'll close in prayer. Sound good? Great. All right. So the general health of Brownline Church, uh, some quick numbers. Our, uh, our weekly attendance in person and online over the last uh, or since the start of 2023 has been uh, 59 people. Uh, about a dozen of those are online every week. And uh, it has been as healthy a year financially as we've ever had, uh, which is great to say. Uh, so, you know, 10, 10 months in, we're having a very uh, healthy financial year. I'm putting up on the screen here a little bit of uh, um, our, this is our general fund. So this is the funds that we use for uh, uh, paying the pastor's bills, for setting up the Davis Theater. Uh, this is anything that's outside of our neighboring fund, which is used to uh, serve folks in our, uh, in our communities, used to help people who have uh, financial time of need situations in our church, uh, or to do uh, charitable or big uh, service projects. So everything outside of that is our, uh, our general fund. Uh, we, our board approved a budget of $10,000 a, a month, assuming that amount, and our actual income has been $11,000 a month, so that's good. It's, it's been a, uh, a positive uh, year. You can see it compared to last year uh, that we're, we're tracking better than we did last year. Uh, the church distributed uh, hundreds more neighboring bags uh, before, uh, what was that, in the summer that we did that, right? Yep. We, uh, to uh, unhoused folks in our neighborhoods, the church uh, sent nearly 200 letters to seniors in danger of isolation. The church distributed over $2,000 to people connected with our community in moments of financial need. So uh, those are some numbers to kind of get the picture of how this last year went. But also beyond just like uh, figures, numbers, qualitatively, it feels like it's been a good, healthy year for this church. Uh, I think the post-lockdown feeling of everyone coming here on Sunday and simultaneously feeling like, I don't know anyone else because we were all locked in our houses for so long. Uh, I, I must be the only person feeling that way. Oh no, I'm the only person feeling that way. And then we realized, oh wait, we're all feeling that way. What can we do to mix it up and get people connecting a little bit more? I think that that season is over. I think people like come in and largely they, 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 they have a sense of, oh, I could sit with that person or I've been in the same room with that person before. I'm not just coming in uh, if I've been here before and don't know anybody. Uh, and so our, I think our community has increased in its ties, in the interwovenness, and uh, while still maintaining that openness always to new folks joining us. So it, it, that's been, uh, I think, a highlight of this last year. Uh, I think our ministry to kids and families, it's finding its stride. Uh, I've also felt particularly proud of a half dozen folks helping to relaunch our prayer ministry on Sundays, uh, where people can be prayed for personally during uh, uh, music and worship or at the end of services. And I'm just so, so pleased with uh, what's unfolded uh, with that team taking that up. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's, what, that's what I want to bring. Do you want to talk about, uh, like, what, from the board perspective? Yeah. So the BLC Financial Board is a group of people who come together multiple times a year with the intention of making thoughtful, responsible decisions for the church to be good stewards of the stakeholders here and the financial contribution that all of you make to us. And so um, over the year, we made financial decisions that felt where we are working to make sure we are aligning with our goals, with our missions, we are walking our talk 
And not all of the decisions are financial-based. We are always trying to be good stewards and really we um, take it very seriously, the trust that you put in us to keep steering our church in the direction of the community that we've all said, hey, this is the direction we want to go with, you know, Vince and Haley leading us there. Um, and so we really try to be intentional with all of the decisions that we make and we don't take any of them lightly. So just to give you a little bit um, of insight into how we work, what our goals are every time we come together. Um, it's not always the easiest role to have. <laughs> I think some of us might have lost some sleep over the years, but we have also felt really proud of some of the decisions that we've made. We have some really great goals um, going into the year, so I get to share that. So um, so some of the things that we work together towards this year, um, we wanted to give Haley more hours this year. She's been such an asset to the church, so giving her more room to grow and to connect, and so we were able to do that, which is so um, wonderful. We were able to um, give Vince a very long overdue raise, so that was just, that felt so great. And um, Joey led a major update to our employee handbook and benefits program, which was also huge. He is so good at the details, so thank you, Joey, for that. Um, and then for the upcoming year, we are really keeping at the top of our mind um, our impact to our community. And so um, as we enter the new year at the top of the list is um, installing regular pastoral mental health assessment program. We find you know mental health is super important and that makes a big difference to our leaders and so we wanna help them with that. Joey and I are working on that. Um, we wanna revamp our neighboring efforts. So we do some really great things as Vince highlighted for us. Um, we're gonna continue doing our neighboring bags, um, maybe even more than once a year. We've talked about that, which is so exciting. If you were here for the Letters Against Isolation Sunday, we're gonna do that again and you know reach even more seniors than we did that day. That was such a great event. Um, but we also want to reimagine our time of need program and other economic um, justice efforts to be more impactful. And our new mem more, sorry, our new board members really have um, that at the top of their mind as well with a focus on that. And it's so great to get new ideas and fresh perspective. And so that's really exciting. And Vince is participating in a peer network of clergy around the world called Solidarity Circles through Vanderbilt University and all about empowering churches to impact economic justice. So that's just some of the things that we are talking about. And again, always keeping... Um, all of the stakeholders in mind. Where where do you want your money to go? Who do we want to be helping? Um, so that's what we're focused on. And I have two little Q&A for us. Um, so one question was, Vince, are we working with any organization in our local community to work with migrant families? Yeah, this is a good question. And we uh, uh, last Sunday, we uh, dropped uh, a link in Discord. And I'll have Ed do that again, our link to the uh, volunteer intake form that is uh, run by a mutual aid group that's helping at the 19th District uh, Police Station 
Station, which is in North Center. So uh, I, 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 my guess would be that most of us would be aware, but there is a massive influx of uh, Venezuelan asylum seekers right now in cities like Chicago. And um, if you pass certain police stations in the city, you will realize that those are the sort of halfway houses before uh, folks are getting settled when they are seeking asylum. And, uh, and it, 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 it's not good. Like people are staying on the sidewalks, people are staying in tents outside, people are, uh, you know I mean, it, like last night, like went down below freezing, I think, right? So I mean, this, it's, it's a serious, serious problem that several mutual aid groups are helping with. And uh, I attended a meeting a couple of weeks ago with other clergy in the 47th Ward, that's where the Davis Theater is, uh, about uh, what efforts we can do to help. The number one thing right now is we're sort of still organizing efforts there are some churches that are doing awesome things because they have buildings and they can like, for example, uh, they have a commercial kitchen or a, uh, so they can, they can cook like a very large meal for hundreds of people. So there, there are going to be more things coming down the pike of what we can do uh, to sort of service those churches that have those uh, abilities. But one thing that you can do if you are passionate about helping is filling out this volunteer intake form. It's really comprehensive. It uh, asks good questions to make sure that it's not just like, hey, what's your name and your email address and then we'll like send you random emails that you never respond to. You know, it's like, how can you help? What ways? Where are you? What are the, you know, what are the kind of skills that you bring to the table? And, uh, and then, and that can help you get plugged in. So more to come on how to uh, help uh, the uh, Venezuelan asylum seekers. Thank you. And my last question is, do we continue to partner with ResCov to help staff their warming centers on Fridays? Yes, that's right, that's right. Uh, one of the things that uh, legacy members of, uh, of Brownline will know is that um, pre, uh, before the pandemic uh, changed everything, uh, every fifth Friday of the month, anytime there was a fifth Friday, uh, we helped staff the uh, warming center at ResCov Church, uh, and this is for unhoused folks. Uh, there are various warming centers throughout the city. And, uh, and after the pandemic, the schedule of how the warming center worked changed a little bit. So we don't have a specific date, but we are still a pipeline for volunteers for ResCov, and several people in Brownline uh, volunteer regularly. They're just on the email list that goes out through uh, the folks at ResCov Church that uh, run that. ResCov is at like Irving Park in Ashland, uh, thereabouts. And so uh, anyway, if that's, an that's another way that you can be helpful to those who are unhoused in, our, uh, in, in like the north side of the city uh, is helping with that warming center. That meets every Friday. Uh, it's a specific shift of time uh, that's sort of like in that right after work, right leading up to dinner time uh, slot of time. So if that's something you're interested in, you can always contact us and we'll put you, we'll put you in that pipeline as well. Anything else from you? No. That's good for now? Okay, cool. Thank you, Christina. Let's give Christina a hand and we'll in, invite her and others back up in a moment. One last uh, little like um, review thing is that I thought I would throw our five-year vision that we're in the midst of uh, back up on the screen. These items, uh, one through uh, eight here, were born out of pastoral reflection during the height of the pandemic, which led to so much introspection for so many of us. Uh, who are we? Why do we exist, right? And so we did, we did that as well uh, during the pandemic. And uh, looking at this list, like we have uh, already met or are making progress 
on uh, every in, in every one of these items, uh, and that really encourages me. Three years in, there are some slight changes I would make to uh, some of these things, which I can share more about if anyone is curious to hear more about that. Uh, but I still feel really helped by having this sort of document in our sights as we as we are looking ahead to 2024 and 2025. Uh, this I think still serves as a really helpful uh, shaping document. Um, with that, uh, I am going to leave uh, some time open for uh, Q&R. I've heard Q&R is a better phrase than Q&A because I don't always have answers, but I do have responses, right? Um, so uh, if you would like to, uh, if you have any questions or any, like looking for elaboration on anything that Christina has presented or I've presented or just something you're curious about for the church, now is the time. Uh, you can, you know, raise your hand and, uh, and just shout it out. You can throw it in. Uh, I have the chat in front of me here, so you can throw it in the chat if you would prefer to do it that way. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Okay, so one question here in the chat. Does the board put uh, any of Brownland's money in investments to grow our funds that way? We don't. That's, a, that's an interesting conversation. We, uh, that, that is not something we're currently doing. Uh, we don't have property or anything like that that appreciates. We mostly just have like a bunch of sound gear that depreciates when we kick it. I'm just kidding. Um, but no, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting idea that um, we can kind of put on the back burner. Yes. Yes. What am I most excited about for the next year? Ooh. Um, let's see. Um, I am excited. So this Solidarity Circles thing that I've been participating in that Christina mentioned has been really great. I've had two meetings so far with folks who are... Um, all, it's mostly around the United States. There's one participant uh, who's in uh, Nigeria and all of the conversations are around how do everyday churches, meat and potatoes churches, you know, not like massive mega churches with millions and millions of dollars, but everyday churches like our size, how do we impact economic justice in our, in our, in our towns, in our cities? How do we help people choose solidarity with the working class and not just keep focused on the rich and being like, how can I be like them when I grow up? Um, and, uh, and so part of this has to do with like, uh, what am I teaching here on Sundays? And so perhaps you've heard me bring some of these ideas in uh, over the last several uh, months because they've been forming me. Uh, and then some of it has to do with what are actual things that we can do. Uh, is there something that a church our size can organize to get off the ground? I don't know the answer to that question yet, but boy, am I loving like talking about it and, and getting juices flowing on ideas. So I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm jamming to my, it's, I should turn on the Jeopardy music, right? Somebody's gonna interrupt me with another question. If I wait long enough, there's gonna be a question. Uh, yes, oh, hello, Kezia, what's your question? Yes, that's a great question. So part, part of what you saw on our um, five-year vision is by 2025, we want to have more age-separated uh, kids and youth programs. We've done a degree of that. 
since that was first written, and so that's good. But there are more things to do. Uh, some of the some of the pressures that we are seeing in our kids' environments uh, right now on Sundays. Uh, one is that uh, in in kids' church we have uh, kids who are you know sort of eight, nine, and up, and then we have kids who are in that sort of kindergarten uh, phase, and they need different things. And so we would love to be able to uh, differentiate our, uh, our times uh, for the kids uh, more. And then the other pressure that's happening in our nursery theater is that we have a bunch of infants who are, you know, or early walkers, and then we have preschoolers who are, you know, bouncing off the walls and want more, you know, uh, interaction with folks and not don't, don't just need to be held and, and, and cuddled. And so uh, those are two pressures that are going on. Some of the big things that will, that will help us move forward in that is uh, if you are passionate about helping, like, kids have an awesome experience, families have an awesome experience, it's not just investments in kids, it's investments in their parents when you help out with kids and nursery. Uh, that we would love that because that a lot of where we're maybe the, the pinch points for those are people uh, um, like people power. So if you want to be on our list for helping with that, that would be so so helpful. Um, the issue there is not so much money. I think we do have some uh, space in our budget to spend more money to help make those things happen. But we do, have, we do have a ton of room for imagination and vision. So if you are particularly interested in like envisioning how we can do that, what does the space actually look like? How do, we how, do we, how do we start with what we have right now and move to this new thing? I'm gonna stand out in the future and show you, O Brown Line Church, how we will get there. But we have tons of room for that. So imagination and vision around kids, I think, is another uh, space that we would need. People power, you want to just volunteer? And then, hey, if you have ideas, oh my gosh, please get in my inbox so we can get together and talk about it. Another question? Thanks, Ed. A suggestion box? Oh, yeah. The suggestion box is Vince's email inbox. Okay? Yes. Email Vince at brownlinechurch.org. Boy, do I love suggestions. I love talking about them. I especially love talking about them over coffee. All right. Other, any other questions, curiosities, before we uh, move to the final moment of our meeting together? Kevin, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Specific ideas around this item on our on our uh, BLC in 2025 uh, vision uh, that says engaged in activism. Uh, to me, I, I mean, the, the thing that is most animating me right now is this discussion around economic uh, justice. And so, uh, in uh, we, you'll hear us uh, mention from time to time here on Sundays the uh, a liberation perspective on Jesus's gospel, where the gospel is not about saving people with belief. The gospel is about saving people with personhood, coming to those who are dehumanized or considered inhuman in our world and saying, we will come and show that in, in the name of Jesus, all people are made in the image of God and have dignity and deserve you know, a, a, a fair shake at things. And there are systems and structures in our society, even in, even in America, not just across the world, that limit that ability for most people. And so what, I am, what I'm most passionate about connecting the dots there is that message with uh, something that 
that uh, most liberation um, messages about, about the gospel will come from a particularly minoritized experience. So there are wonderful things that we have learned from black liberation in America, uh, authors like James Cone, which we've mentioned before. Or there are amazing suggestions from a uh, Latin American liberation perspective, uh, a name like John Sabrino, which several years back we did a book study on John Sabrino. There are beautiful, beautiful perspectives that we can gain from all these minority perspectives on what does it mean that God is bringing personhood to those who are dehumanized, and that's the number one job of churches. And one of the things I'm most passionate about is doing, it's like, if we decided that all of the middle class, which is a lot of our church, would choose to have solidarity with all of those minoritized individuals, and especially the working class. We don't have a small minority of people trying to shout at those in power. We have 99% of the population that has to work for a living that has enough leverage to say like, hey, 1% of the population that has all of the access to all of the levers in power and are making all of the decisions for everybody else who has to work for a living, this is not okay. And so the, the idea that we are building solidarity, that's what, that's what I'm learning about in these solidarity circles, uh, um, uh, uh, this cohort, is the idea of we, those 99% of people who have to work for a living, we're all fractured. We fight. We think we, each other are the problem. But what if we could change that? And we all chose to be in solidarity with one another. And that can have a, a power that even, even, even the best message from a small amount of people in the world can't make a difference. Because we have so, we have so many voices. If 99% of people are shouting one thing, the 1% can't not listen. So that is... Um, Getting that into like what, what, what steps are we actually taking? Which groups are we actually supporting? What things are we showing up to? That's sort of the, uh, the, the mission of, of the next two years, I think, Kevin. We'll give one last seven second wait. Oh, question in the chat. Pastor sabbaticals. Oh, great question. Yes. Um, uh, that, that should have been my answer to what am I most looking forward to this next year? Because the hope is that uh, the brackets uh, will get to experience a Vince sabbatical next summer. So that's the, that's the hope. Um, that's what's on the radar. It's on, it's on me to put a lot of things in place to make that happen. So hold me to the fire, everybody, so that the brackets can like go on vacation this summer. Cool? Great. That I'm thrilled. I hope you are too. <laughs> All right. Did I see another hand? No. Nope. That's good. All right. I won't say speak now or forever I'll hold your peace because did I mention my email inbox? You're always welcome there. So you can always ask a question. Um, all right, cool. Uh, we are going to uh, shift to our, uh, we're going to do some business together. And while we do that, um, we do have a couple of things. So first what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite, uh, can I invite the whole board up at this point? Everybody who's uh, on the board, new board members and uh, uh, present board members. Let's give these folks a hand as they come up. Come on up. Y'all stand over here. Joey, Mark, you see that piece of tape? That's the last spot that's visible. So just everybody on this side of Joey. Yep. Yep. On this side of Joey. That's good. Great. 
Slide in a little bit, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. Yep, yep. We can. We're all friends. Okay, we can come in here. So uh, um, the this is uh, this is our collection of current and uh, and and departing board members. Before we do anything else, what I want to do is um, introduce all of these people: Christina Culver, Tommy Culver, Jen Colburn, Maria Santian, Lara Johnson, Lester Mitchell, and Joey Rodil. Thank you for all of your service. We give you a nice round of applause because you're special. All right. Um, now, if I could ask, um, let's see, Joey and Lester, could uh, I'm going to ask you all to pass out cards to everybody while we do one last thank you. Actually, um, let me just keep Tommy and Maria up here. We'll, we'll invite you all back up. But if you all could help out pass out the cards. Haley, I think, has the cards, or maybe Dave and Isabel have the cards for you. Um, we're going to get pa uh, cards and pens passed through the room here to everybody. And when those come to you, this is the way that if you would like to participate by declaring as a stakeholder in Brownline Church for the year 2023, you can do that. Uh, we'll come back around and collect them afterwards. So as those come to you, grab a pen, grab a card, fill it out and uh, what I while we're doing that while those are getting passed through I have these two people who are still here with me because I'm so grateful for them two people who are I would say the quintessential behind the scenes people quintessential both of you and so boy what are we gonna do when there's nobody behind the scenes anymore there's no one behind the curtain you you two are probably mad at me for drawing attention to you right now, I would say, because you don't normally like to be uh, in the camera. So I'll make this as quick as possible. I don't want to miss all of the little tedious things that particularly these two people have done for Brownland Church. Little tedious things. And also, some of the more bigger challenging things that our church has ever had to do, you two have been involved in. And I am grateful for those things. Tommy, for the last four years uh, as our treasurer on the board. And Maria, yes, yes, yep, big up for Tommy. And Maria, for the last eight years, our longest serving board member besides me. So go, Maria. Yep. Um, I am really, really thankful. And I have something for each of you. There you go. And there you go. Maria, Santian, and Tommy Culver, everybody. Thank you, everybody. So we are grateful for what they have done. As those, uh, as those cards are being passed through, uh, yes, Joey? Yeah. Absolutely, come on up. Yes, okay, Joey has something for us. Well, not really for us. <laughs> this is for Vince. Um, because Vince is not gonna put himself in the script I felt like it would not be good if we as a group and a community did not recognize Vince for the time since the beginning to today, uh, his leadership and his guidance. So Vince, we wanna recognize you for that because as you went through the timeline, I don't think any pastor <laughs> would ever know that they would go through starting a church, then through disaffiliation, then through a pandemic, and so leading us through all of that, uh, with help too, I don't, I won't, don't, people other should be recognized too, but this is for Vince, because he will not do this for himself, um, but I would just like to take this little moment before you go into business to, if we can all appreciate Vince and recognize him for his leadership over the years. Good job, yeah. 
Thank you, Joey. Thanks, everybody. Yes, I really, really appreciate that. Um, all right. Well, everybody have a card and a pen? We're still getting there. We're getting close. Great. Um, we'll, um, I'm going to invite um, our new board members up in a minute. Can, some, can our old board members uh, collect the cards? so that our new board members can come up here. <laughs> well, Lara likes to be behind the scenes too, and so now I've just ruined that for her. I am ruining everybody who wants to be behind the scenes. All right. Wait, yeah, yeah, you guys can come up, and then if we just need somebody to collect all those cards coming through. All right, welcome back up. We have uh, Lester Mitchell, we have Lara Johnson, and we have Jen Colburn. Uh, we have introduced everybody uh, to these folks probably because many of you have met them, uh, but if not, we've been showing the little video uh, introductions to, uh, to these three because they are officially joining our board this year and have been already a part of several of the things that we've uh, gotten underway. The primary business that you've seen on these cards that are now being collected, you'll see it's, there's two things. It's, are you declaring as a stakeholder? And then, are we going to ratify the appointments of these three new board members? I know that we already have uh, several uh, ratifications that came in online this week. Um, I'm going to look right quick. So, you know, with official board meetings, you have to have quorum. Everybody familiar with quorum? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah, okay. So, quorum for this year, y'all, let's see, is... Oh boy, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. Quorum is 15 people. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're going to have 15 uh, rat, uh, agreements to, uh, to do it. So maybe you guys should go sit back down. I'm just kidding. Um, does anybody have the, uh, the cards that have been collected? Yeah. Haley, how many do we have there? Oh, we don't have all of them yet. Oh, Joey's got a bunch too. Why don't we like very ceremoniously count and then when you get to 16, everybody cheer, okay? So ready? <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Yes, they could say no. Um, 16! <laughs> that, was the, that was the most anticlimactic of me trying to make this like uh, special. But it, it's, it really, uh, this is just like a symbol to represent what has already been true. I'm grateful for you three. You all are awesome. You've already been huge assets, and I'm looking forward to what's next. Thanks, everybody. Let's give these folks a hand. I am going to pray, and then we will close our service, as always, with uh, quick announcements and taking communion together before the kids come in for their cake. Okay. <laughs> uh, you all can take your seats. <clears throat> God, thank you for Brownline Church. Thank you for the fun of a retrospective. Thank you for the engagement and uh, sort of like willingness and readiness as we look out into the future. And I invite you as the God that stands in this place with us. We open ourselves to your guidance as we look out into that future. Some of that future is uncertain. Some of that future is us 
like putting ourselves into the stories of really big things that are going on in our world that are going to mean we get hurt, that are going to mean we are in the line of fire. And we pray that you would steal us now with courage to put our money where our mouth is, to walk our talk. And then some of the things that we look out ahead to fill us with joy and excitement as we think about continuing that legacy that we talked about today of being the church for people who could not go to a faith community elsewhere because it just feels like a foreign language or there's too many hurts that it brings up. God, guide us in what is next in that part of our story of being that place that heals, that unlearns, that points to a God that is so much more beautiful and bigger and wonderful and involved and all around us all the time than we could possibly imagine. And in all of the ways that our past experiences have made the picture of who you are, God, small, we present those to you and ask you to trade us for a bigger picture that looks like the ministry of Jesus, that feels like the ministry of Jesus to us, and that just connects us to something so much larger than what we have to do on our own. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.